0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18
1: plus. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza kick, radio. Yakuza kick 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 Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont, that there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday. My name is Justice Payne and you are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood and we all stick together The Acoustic Kick Radio has risen from the acid of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to
3: stop and record
1: their voice. The shit is bananas, beat bananas, bananas.
3: Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Boom. I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason
1: Mann. man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Give a nigga a real point of that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but... Now, look at that document. Fuck that. Black bean. This is bullshit, <laughs> man. <laughs> Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's
3: next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted
1: by JCAT Morris, you are now listening to Yakuza, Yakuza. Kick Radio.
3: Oh, yeah. Man, um, I want to give a rest in peace out there to, you know, all the people that lost their life out there in Orlando. Um, you know, it's a crazy, crazy situation. Terrible, terrible thing. Um, you know, this is the type of thing it it immediately brings out everybody's agenda and it kind of takes the focus away from the shit that matters. The fact of the matter is, is 49 people lost their life, you know, um, they say fifty, but fifty, the fiftieth is the shooter, and that that guy doesn't matter. And you know, this this is a lot of um, this is a lot of you know what I've been saying. Um, you know, when people get on this, all oh, lives matter, all lives are precious, every life is precious, and this and that. Well, you know, was the motherfucker that took out forty nine innocent people precious? Was that motherfucker's father that bred that fucking monster? Was that motherfucker precious? Was that fucking dude's wife who he was beating the shit out of and she knew he was going to go do those attacks? Is that bitch precious? You know what I mean? This this is what I mean. As far as as life goes, man, there's a lot of fucking people on this earth and a lot of innocent people get affected by other people who are pretty insignificant to life because they're not worth shit. They're, They're created, they're put on this earth to take motherfuckers out and to fuck other people up. At least that's what I think, you know. what I mean, I just don't have that opinion that all life is precious. If it was, it wouldn't be removing 49 other lives from this earth. That you know, uh, you know, didn't ask for any of that shit. And you know, that's how I feel. Um, you know, as far as this fucking father, man, the, you know, there's there's a lot that's come out of this. They're saying that the shooter was actually like a down low gay dude, and um, you know, his father was very um, you know, anti-gay, very um. You know, um, like pro Taliban, like the dude was a Taliban supporter, as far as uh, you know, that that type of uh, mentality, and uh, you know, he was completely against gay people, so if this dude was down low gay. They they you know they had his they got his computer and all that and had him you know link all sorts of you know um, you know gay hookup websites and they they said that this dude was you know no stranger to this club, like he had been to this club many and many a times. And, um, you know, that there was some kind of anger, some kind of rage that was coming from, you know, him having to be closeted or whatever the case was, you know, um, I don't know. I don't really know, you know, behind any of that type of stuff. I just know that, you know, this, this father that knew, he knew what he was breeding as far as this, this hatred and this, you know, uh, you know, him sympathizing with the Taliban and, and, and that type of thing. Like, they, you know, that 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 fucking dude needs to be removed, you know what I mean? That dude needs to be locked up. And, you know, again, the agendas get crazy, anti-gun, anti-Obama, this and that. Every time, you know, somebody has any any kind of thing that they can point at Obama, they do so. They They immediately look at it and they go, well what could have Obama done or what should he have not done? That's like their immediate thing is Obama must have fucked up. What did he not do or what, you know, what did he do to make this shit worse or to make this shit happen? You know, um, the thing is, is you know, it, it's real hard to just say, all right, well, you know, this is some, ter- some terrorist shit. Just lob a bomb into some. Well, the dude was born here. So, I mean, again, like, regardless of what he pled allegiance to, eh, you know, kind of a gray area as far as that type of thing. And, um, you know, I I think, you know, and and as far as the gun thing, yeah. Okay. The guy bought guns legally and, you know, it's not even an anti-gun thing, but I mean, if this guy bought guns legally and they said he's been investigated by the FBI several times on suspicion of things, whether, he was let off of, he was clearly let off of those situations after being investigated if he's still able to go legally purchase guns well then we we have a problem with our background checks so we not come on like if you had several FBI investigations on you as far as a possible terrorism or possible you know that type of bad intentions and you can still go legally purchase a gun well then the system is fucked up it's not about you know, removing guns from everyone who owns one. It's about you know letting it not at least legally wind up in the hands of this type of motherfucker. And you know, if they go and find it on the black market, because you know they say you know who want guns will get guns whether it's legal or not. I understand that, but can we you know not be the ones to legally hand him the gun that guns that he kills forty nine fucking people with? Can can we at least do that? You know, I know um, there, there's some talk of metal detectors and this. And metal detectors, to me, is a ridiculous, ridiculous um, uh, thought of a solution. Because if this guy is going in to kill forty-nine people, he kills the guy standing next to the metal de- as he walks in to, you know, continue this massacre the way he planned. The metal detector is not going to stop him from entering the club if his intention is to kill people. So, I that I don't I don't see as a as a solution, but. You know, they had said different things, red flags and stuff. People had quit their jobs because they felt threatened with this dude on the job. And, um, you know, different instances. Um, he had an ex-wife that supposedly beat the shit out of. And, you know, there there was a lot of red flags there. And, um, you know, there were people, again, his wife knew he was going to do these attacks. This is, you know, this is the part where you know, it's not, you know, um, you know some Bruce Willis shit where you need to, we need to go police ourselves this way. But within our own community, within our own families, within our own, you know, friend groups, is how we need to police ourselves. So if you, you know, obviously if you know somebody is going to go commit fucking mass murder, that that's a hundred percent your responsibility to go make sure that that shit doesn't happen. Again, you don't need to go rogue on this motherfucker, but turn that dude in. You know, what I mean, like this is this is what it comes down to. You know, you got a fucking friend. I don't care how close your friend is. He's going to kill, you know, 49 people. You know, that that dude's no longer your friend. If you're not able to steer him off of that fucking road, you know, you better get somebody who can. You know, it's just a terrible situation. And, again, the, the crazy agendas, left, right, up, down, it, it's not fucking necessary. It's You know, it's a terrible, terrible situation. And things like this, unfortunately, are happening all the time. I just saw – um Hundred and, and forgive me for any you know lack of fact checking. I'm not I'm not really a big. Uh, I don't want to say I'm just not a fact guy, but I'm, I'm really you know I'm really not like a stat guy. So I had saw um, on the way home from work, I, I you know pulled out my phone and saw that in Kenya today, 100 and, I want to say 170 something people were shot and, and killed in another you know terror situation. Where, You know, what the fuck? I mean, there's crazy shit going on all over the the world. And it's just, it's just havoc, man. And, um, it's a shame. Like I said, rest in peace to all the people who, you know, lost their lives out there. Um, another crazy situation. Um, there was a singer again, sorry with the fact I don't have her name. She, um... You know, she was a singer from New Jersey. She was on The Voice and all of that shit. And um, she had, like, a concert type of deal. And afterwards, you know, you sign autographs, you meet the fans, all of that shit. She went to embrace a fan, you know, spread her arms out to hug the dude type shit. And he fucking shot and killed her. I mean, it's just crazy motherfuckers, man. And there had to be someone in that dude's life that saw that shit coming like this motherfucker is going to, like, snap or, you know, hey. You know, he doesn't have quite the smile on his face to go see that singer we were he was talking about, you know, like, you know, what's going on, alert fucking somebody, you know. It, it's it's crazy because it, it really, you know, creates an environment where everybody's got to be on their guard, you know. Um, this, this makes, like, an entertainer a lot more leery to go fucking even meet their fans and, and, and see them on that level because, shit, there's a chance they can get fucking just killed for no reason, you know. It, it, it's insanity. Another crazy story that I have somewhat of a a different opinion on is um, in Florida, again, um, uh, an alligator snatched a kid off of the bank of a, sorry we're laughing, but snatched a kid off the bank of a a lagoon in in Orlando. And uh, I think some, some form of Disney property and um, families, I guess sitting on the bank of the, the, the deal over there and uh, the fucking alligator snatched his fucking kid. Now, the father jumped in the water and tried to get the kid and I guess the alligator just took the fuck off with him or, you know, went under with him or just left. That was it. He was fucking gone. Now, I mean, look, man, that's a terrible thing. That's That's fucking terrible. But at that point, like, it's done, right? I mean, you could search for, you know, hopes that he's alive and this and that, but, like, what happens next is now they're snatching every alligator they can out of that lagoon and cut it, killing them and cutting them open to try to look for a remain. I don't understand exactly what you're trying to prove with that move. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really understand. I know, you know, there's not like a huge shortage of uh, alligators in, in Florida, but in the same token, like this, this kid is gone, man. And uh, I don't know about it, just like, Fucking combing the river and killing every alligator in it for the sake of fun. Like, oh yeah, this is the one. I mean, the kid is still gone, right? I mean, it like massive, you know, alligator killing spree for the sake of going. Oh yeah, yeah, here he is. I mean, you know, anything like that is possible. I mean, you hang out pretty much on their fucking dinner plate, and you know, some shit might fucking pop off. I don't know, man. It's just just one of those really sitting in the fucking wrong place. I don't know if I'd be so fucking comfortable to hang out on fucking lagoons and places where alligators clearly fucking live. Like, you know, there's areas of Florida, a lot of areas of Florida, you drive around and you just see fucking alligators. Uh, I don't know if I'd just hang out on the water side of anything that might have an alligator in it. You know, like if a motherfucker's pool had an alligator in it, you wouldn't see me sitting poolside. And, uh, you know, this this is... Uh, just like a regular fucking thing in Florida. So I don't know. I feel like there was a really bad judgment going on there, but, um, you know, again, I I don't understand the, uh, the next move that they end up making. It's always like a radical swing in the other direction where animals are fucked. You know what I mean? Like people fucked up. Now you guys are going to fucking pay like, Oh shit. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, if, if, the one said alligator is getting predatory enough to start killing people. But again, you're kind of sitting on his fucking dinner plate. It's not like he, you know, fucking smashed through a fence and killed a kid in the backyard. Like he kind of fucking, he was kind of sitting like where he fucking lives. So I, I don't know. It's fucking crazy though. Um, so then this this coming Saturday, I got um my Battle Frog Extreme race. I've done Battle Frog before, but I've never done Battle Frog Extreme it's going to be fucking crazy um, you know I definitely had a, a challenge added to my fucking situation and obviously I'll be getting into all of that um, I just want to get some things out of the way quick and then you know, I'm going to take a break and, and the rest of the show will be a tournament of death recap review all of that deal um, I don't have a, a ton of other things to talk about so this is this, you know real quick um, so yeah Battle Frog is uh, an 8k obstacle race. Um, 25 obstacles in it, and I, I did it last year. I did it the year before. I think the year before I did it, it was like a 12k or a 16k, or some some shit like this. Uh, 15, I don't know. Um, I did it the past two years, and this year I decided to step it up as I've been doing with everything. And um, there's something called the Battle Frog Extreme. And that you start at well you got to be there for briefing at seven forty five which means I got to get there at like seven or something like that which means I got to wake up at like four something in the morning to go two hours to get there da 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 the whole deal um which just not my fucking type of shit man I hate the fucking mornings um so um anyway so you, you get your briefing at, at seven forty five. Uh, 8.30 you go to start the race. Now, rather than that 8K race with 25 obstacles, you do that 8K race as many times as you can in a row, and you can't another lap after 2.45. So as long as you started your last lap before 2.45, you can get that one in but um you know all the uh yeah you know, that's it that that would be your last lap at that point so um yeah that's um that that's what i'm going into i'm i'm shooting for a definite at least 3 laps and uh that puts me at 75 obstacles and um you know i mean pretty fucking pretty fucking serious you know like a 24k something like that times three, I think that's it um so uh you know that that's what I'm fucking shooting for uh, I'm looking forward to it um unfortunately, I've been all fucked up all week because of uh some uh, really um unnecessary shit. We'll put it that way, and then uh I think that's about that's about that um I'm going to take a break and uh come back and uh yeah let me let me do that let me let me see if i could do something cuz i i fucked up all right let me uh let to try to do something real quick just bear with me cuz i forgot to upload something um i know tremendously unprofessional which is kind of the way I operate my podcast, which nobody gets hurt at. So it's um, it's okay to be unprofessional on a podcast. However, um, let me see. Get on there. Hopefully. All right. Let me try to fucking refresh this thing. Okay. Uh, Let me see, did I get it? I don't fucking think so. Alright. Alright. Let me uh yeah, let me take this break and then see what I could do. Alright.
1: <laughs> hey yo, hey yo, regardless of rain or snow, fleet or hail, I kick street sales, choking niggas like I'm free. Well, Golden State, holding your fate in the palm of my hand, blow you away like it's part of the plan. I gotta call it like I see it, talking like I be it, walking my walk, dug down, it, cause I'm soon to be up. Give me room, watch me heat up, niggas try to stick me like I'm too Follow the leader Make me go extra hard Yo, Nori, should I hold back Or show the repertoire Quit at 16 or throw an extra ball Just for the non-believers I show why it's so hard to reach I get pussy with my father's speeches, puff heavily, See me at 6'1, weigh a buck 70. Catch me in spots, y'all niggas never be. Packed in, like Green Bay, Hall of Week to Queen's Day. Performing a cappella, no DJ. 98 Live, no replay. Make it seem easy. So tell a friend and tell a friend that it's them again. Nature, no wow no. wild. No. No and rock Spawner, Fort Knox, Lazarus, Sharks, Salah, and Carrots, Gorn Chops, and Applesauce, Twin Connection, Disrespect and watch your body cave and pump the shotty gauge and hit the shorty, while he potty training. I ain't playing, I'm truly the worst, who be the first to get his whole body fully reversed? who in your hurts, leave you double dead? I'm a bubble head, I never listen to nothing, my mother said, yo, I hold niggas ransom for money like Charlie Handsome, it's under Think I got a grand to my passion is money, a stash, and a honey That won't ask no questions But don't blast anybody That's my kind of girl kind of world I want to live in Not a cell or a prison or in hell Don't get just a little ghetto Where well, my niggas control the middle And know the riddles of life For others know what we little Yo, rich places Sick places see my story six thousand six hundred sixty-six pages Wages I wrote 6 aces And at the same dice game of caught 6 cases Sacked All over big faces Now I tip laces Rage They rib cages, cats like the rib places. Bloody lip tastes. Kim is a big racist, but I stand for these big places. But the world know your girl, though. I fuck her off a of furlough. Should be up, put me up. All your sales could be left. Only questions for these is baby girl. Could be fuck? You the type that need a wife. I thought wax told y'all the key to life. Asshole, y'all don't play around. I lay her down. Fuck around, I spray around. Lick a biscuit, nigga, risk it. My ass is a chicken. In the world you know thorough than this Bust off and sit the hot barrel dead on your lips Like two-thirds of a brick Pinero and kiss the crystal white fluffy parts That'll come back quick See the plan is to stash So we so strong. they gotta put it in glass jars. Niggas try to smoke me out, then smoke me out. Uh-uh. The rims on my new joint be poking out. I'm about to have no feeling. Shit is deep. Do they dance with the devil when they sleep? I wake up dripping the air, wishing the hear. Shit that they kick in your ear when your soul dripping in the air. My gift is half by, and when I spit it's dead, I should have dropped down my eye. I'm too tired to cry. And I ain't never seen a nigga that's too live to die. They say you get what you ask for. Get it cause you ask for it. Then he better have the cash for it And we gon' be around till your body rot. And if the dad you us in We get the same time, God, he got it ya. And yeah. hey, yo, it's two ways the hood, one plane all
3: I think what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go into reviewing it and then when I hit the points I need to, I'll go on my my rants because I have several lengthy rants and then I'll try to pick up where I left off on the actual show. Um now keep in mind when I'm, when I'm doing this this whole, you know, review recap all of this. This is I believe the 14th tournament of death I've been to. I missed three tournament of deaths. Now mind you, this is Tournament of Death fifteen, but there's really been seventeen tournament of deaths. I missed Tournament of Death One. I missed uh one of fuck, I kind of wanna say like Tournament of Death Nine or Eleven. One of those. Um maybe eleven. And um, one of the rewinds or fast forwards, I forget, I always forget which one of the rewinds or fast forwards was, but there was a tournament of death rewind and a tournament of death fast forward. So if you add the 15 numbered tournament of deaths and then the others, it brings you to, you know, 17 tournament of deaths. And I've been to like 14 of them. Um, pretty sure that, that numbers right on too. And the majority of them I've been front row for. Um, you know, I took one year off of CZW and uh, never was able to get my front row back after that. But that's a whole separate situation. It is what it is. Um, so, um, all right. Let's get into tournament event. Um First round starts out. Well, no. show starts out with DJ Hyde coming out. And uh, he's got a... Uh, Joey Janela comes out to talk, and, uh, you know, Joey's got his sling on, he got his surgery, he's gonna be out for like six months, or five months, so he's now saying, um, and he pretty much cut a promo saying, you know, he respects, uh, you know, the violence, and, you know, he, he would do everything he did again, and, uh. You know, and then he pretty much says, you know, uh, I'll see you guys in a couple of years or something like that, he says. And he, he throws his jacket back in the ring and he walks off, you know. And uh, so that that was pretty much that. He, you know, came out, got a huge pop and everything. Because, of course, I mean, everything he just went through, you know, the previous, you know, six days, man. I mean, that <laughs> it was fucking tremendously over. So, um, so that was that. Uh, uh, that's how they started the show off. Um. And then uh, Ricky Shane Page Is the first match up against Tim Donce And the fans bring the weapons Falls count anywhere match um, it Just To me I wasn't a fan of this match I expected a lot more I um, Tim Donce Did a good job I expected him to step up a lot more The match was kind of short um, This whole show had a lot Of brawling outside of the ring which was, um, well, I mean, it was a problem for me <laughs> for a whole separate reason. But, uh, you know, for a lot of the crowd, it was a problem where, you know, they were having a hard time seeing a lot of the action because it would either be, you know, deep in that side of the crowd or deep inside of, you know, in Tournament of Death is a pretty, you know, crowded, um, you know, it, it's um, it's a well-attended show. So, I mean, to try to, like, follow action is kind of rough. You're going to end up with a whole shitload of people in front of you. It's it's best you kind of just stay put unless it comes by you and, you know, watch all you can. But, you know, to try to, like, head out, like, you know, in some of the, you know, CZW or, you know, like they did with the uh, the Zandig tournament, they headed outside. You can go head outside with them and you're still going to get a good enough view of it. tournament of death is kind of a little too... Too much to really try to filter the whole, you know, or funnel the whole crowd out to a different area, you know. Um, so anyway, um, this this ended up uh, uh, the finish was they did some kind of spot with tubes into the, um, I think it was like a DVD into tubes in bed truck, followed by Ricky Shane Page rolling up Tim Donst in in the back of a pickup truck, which like a roll up in a pickup truck is. A, a ridiculously stupid finish, in my opinion, um number one, no one can fuck the majority of your crowd can't even see the fucking finish number two, a roll up in a death match tournament eh, you know not not a usually over thing, especially for a face to do um I get that maybe they're going for Ricky Shane page beating you know the more technical wrestling Tim Donst with uh with a roll up to you know kind of one up them, I guess, but I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of this match at all. Um, um, and, and, you know, that that was that. Um, round two, uh, Connor Claxton versus Masada and uh, Barbed Wire Madness Deathmatch. Now, here's my first, here's my first ran. This is, uh, you know, a little pale in comparison to some others, but um, Connor Claxton comes out, and, and, you know, here's the thing. There's been a lot of talk you know, as far as, you know, people people throwing things in the ring and, you know, ever since, uh, you know, Penny's at David Starr and, you know, the fans will try to throw a chair and, and this and that and, and you know, it, it's not okay for a fan to spit at a wrestler and all of this stuff. And, you know, all of that, that's fine, right? Why is it so fucking openly acceptable for a wrestler to throw fucking beer into the crowd with the fans? For instance, like, you know, Connor Claxton comes out, and he does that fucking thing. He's in the corner, and he fucking throws his beer, gets in my fucking eye, gets all over my fucking camera, and all over me. I've been sober for just shy of fucking three years now. Do you think I appreciate, like, one fucking bit being just doused in fucking beer? Do you think anyone who's driving home from there who's not drinking who may get fucking pulled over is now doused in fucking beer? You think they appreciate that shit? When I was an alcoholic three years ago, when I was drinking my fucking face off, never once did I appreciate getting fucking beer on me. Never once was I like a poor beer on myself kind of guy. I drank a fucking shitload of them. I had a fucking issue, man, and I drank a hundred fucking beers a week. Never once did I pour it on myself on purpose. Never. Never was I like fucking, yeah, pour fucking beer on me. That's awesome. Oh, you're drinking beer? Cool. Fling that shit at me. That, that was never fucking cool. That was never something I was fucking into. I got a fucking uh, over $1,000 fucking camera. Could have fucking ruined my camera because it's so awesome that you have fucking beer. I don't understand what the celebration is. You're drinking, you're drinking. It is what it is, but to fucking throw beer... At fucking, you know, people and there's fucking kids in the crowd too. Like, fuck it, get beer on your kid, right? Because why the fuck would that matter, right? It's fucking asinine. It's completely fucking asinine. I think it's completely unacceptable and the shit shouldn't be done. There's, there's certain things, and it's going to become clearer too as we get through this show that there's certain things that people need to be fucking told what they can and can't do in the locker room. Because these motherfuckers are being taught by assholes like fucking DJ, and they're walking out there, and they're just doing fucking reckless shit up and down the fucking card, and they're walking proud with it because they're not fucking told by anybody, hey, you shouldn't fucking do this. You shouldn't just throw fucking beer all over the audience. You shouldn't fucking you know do dangerous shit that could hurt the fucking audience. Maybe, maybe there's some things you shouldn't fucking do out there. We're running a dangerous show. Let's keep within these parameters and let's try to keep it as safe and responsible as possible. Again, these are the people who are down for what you're doing and you still fucking manage to push the limits to where shit isn't cool. I'm not at a fucking ICP concert where I want whatever the fuck you're drinking thrown on me. And again, as a guy who's fucking sober, how much do you think I appreciate fucking beer on me? You go ahead and fucking think about that and think how awesome that that is for me and anybody else that maybe doesn't fucking drink or maybe somebody else that's fucking sober or whatever the case is. Or again, when I used to drink, I didn't fucking like it then either. So I I don't know. To me, that's fucking asinine. So that's that. So after this match, I was just pissed off because, you know, it's fucking disrespectful. It's disrespectful, and I'm in the second row, so it's not even a matter like he threw it directly on me. He fucking flung it around, and enough of it got on me in the top of my fucking camera that uh, I'm sure quite a bit of other people got hit with the fucking beer for no reason. So anyway, um, Conor Klaxon-Masada, this is pretty good. You know, this wasn't a terrible match, but, um, surprising to see, um, you know, Connor go over, um, it was all right, you know. Um, Connor seemingly stepped up. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk, you know, from last year of, uh, you know, he he ran that that first death match trial series and he fucking bled buckets and all of that. And um, you know, he he was out there shirtless and everything in fucking the last match he had with Danny. I th- I think scared him. You know, I'm not fucking Connor Glaxton. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think he had, like, fucking wife beaters back after that match. And, you know, I wouldn't blame him for going, hey, man, that was fucking scary. And I don't know if that's the case, but he hasn't wrestled a death match shirtless since. So if I had to guess, I'd guess that. Um, Now, you know, DJ said on my show that, like, after that, he got lazy and stopped working hard and stopped training and stopped fucking doing anything. And that that's kinda why, um, you know, he got deep pushed at the time and really wasn't uh you know, he wasn't taking things seriously and he said, you know, more recently he he's been um, you know, um, dedicating himself a lot more and showing a lot more, you know, um,
2: enthusiasm
3: towards what he's doing and all of that. Which is good. Um this is definitely the you know, the most blood I've seen on his face since that deathmatch trial series, so um, you know there was that um again you know it, it was it was hard work you know they, these two, uh they did a great job Masada's one of the best in the business um i you know in a death match and you know he could do so much you know he's very talented he knows how to really uh craft a match and you know make it make sense and, and build it um I, I found it surprising too um i guess i can go into that after next match but fuck it it is what it is um i found it I don't know if I should say surprising, but coincidental. And, and, you know, DJ went on the other shows and, you know, said how this whole tournament was planned out long before the other tournament and this and that. And maybe it's just coincidence, but that both guys who were in last week's tournament got bounced out first round. So it was like he didn't not book the guys because there was rumor that he might not book the guys who were in last week's tournament. And then um, he didn't not book them, but they were gone in the first round. So I don't know, again, if that was coincidence or what. Uh, whatever. Now, best match of the first round, hands fucking down, is Alex Cologne and Danny Havoc. These two fucking guys, I had a bunch of people telling me, oh, Alex Cologne and the fucking and the death was fucking. I'm like, dude, believe me, this guy is going to fucking tear it up. Now, you know, for me to have to say that and then – you know, follow that with what, what happened to me kind of fucking sucks. Um, but um, that's you know that I knew that from the start. They had that match in Ohio, and it was clear that um, you know he was really just willing to go all out. Like he he wasn't taking it fucking soft or anything. He was going all in as far as the death matches go. Um, and when he did them, he was committing to them. and, and I knew when they they stepped up and signed that match and they were like, you know, he wants Danny Havoc and tournament of death. I'm like, Oh, these motherfuckers are going to just absolutely kill it. This is going to be fucking crazy. I knew it. Like, because they did the shit in Ohio and they already just like put, set the bar really fucking high. And then went out there and promoted the second match. Like you ain't seen shit yet. I knew that these fucking dudes were going to fucking kill it. And I was saying right off the start, like I wasn't, I wasn't that big on Connor going through. It is what it is. It's fine. But I would have rather seen Masada advance. But uh, Alex, I was pro-Alex going over. Because, I mean, Danny Havoc is one of the best deathmatch wrestlers in the business. But six days ago, we just saw him win a whole tournament. So, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're at no shortage of Danny Havoc. Not saying I don't want to see him anymore, but just previous six days we saw him go through an entire tournament. Alex goes out there and has the best death match of his fucking life. I'm not against him going ahead and having a second one ironically. So he goes ahead and, and that's that. You know you got these two fucking, these, these three sent to the second round. Now um, the final first round match, Matt Tremont versus Jeff Cannonball in a home run derby death match. Now look I don't know, man. Um, It's hard for me to put this in a way that's not disrespectful, but I'm not a Jeff Cannonball fan. He's a nice enough dude, and he, for what he can do, he works really hard. He'll take fucking anything. He takes a fucking beating. Um, I I just think his entire style is just way too limited for me. Um, You know, the – I like I like my Death Magic guys to have a lot more athleticism in them, and he's not one of those type of guys. He's not. I mean, it you know, I mean, there's no way for him to be. But like, I, I was never like a Vic Grimes fan, you know what I mean? And that that's kind of like what I see um, Cannonball as, you know what I mean? And the only thing Vic, Vic Grimes ever did that I liked was when fucking New Jack tried to kill him and throw him off the fucking scaffold, and he almost hit the fucking floor, but he you know, he bounced off the ropes and all that shit. And then not that I liked that New Jack tried to kill him, but that was fucking insanity and uh definitely stuck out as something I watched a whole shitload of times. But um you know, I, just, I was just never a fan of him. And again, like it's not it's not to the level of like like I hate stockade. I think Stockade is a complete worthless piece of shit. Because not only is he in horrible, horrible shape But he came into fucking CZW and wouldn't bump for shit and took a complete lazy route to that no rope barbed wire death match with Tremont. And Tremont fucking killed himself all over that ring. And I'm sure Tremont, he's a super nice guy. He would back fucking Stockade a million times. You wouldn't interview him and hear him bury Stockade. But I'm telling you that Tremont absolutely carried him in that match. The fans fucking hated that match, 100%. Nobody fucking wanted to see him back. That match was over, and they're like, fucking don't come back and all of that shit, and that was it. One and done in fucking CZW because of that. They might have had something somewhere else. I haven't seen their other matches, but he was fucking horrible and took the easy way out of that entire fucking match. And that is not something you will say about Jeff Cannonball. For what Jeff Cannonball is built like, he will fucking take everything to the fullest extent. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mean to disrespect him and just say, I don't like the fucking guy because it's, it's not quite like that. It's just his style doesn't work for me, uh, you know, and what I'm into. So, yeah, he'll, he'll take the shit and he'll do the thing, but just like the stand and strike type of guy who's just going to take the beating and, you know, and that that's pretty much is his feeling, you know, as far as his uh, limitations go. He took a crazy fucking bump or he almost... He, I don't know how he didn't snap his goddamn head off, but um, some shit, like, into a garbage can, but just kind of, like, fucking fell on his head. Um, I don't... Fucking bananas. But, um... So there was that. Um Then there was a non-tournament match, which was um Aaron Williams and Ron Mathis. That was a Rockstar Pro showcase death match. I, I didn't... Like... I was rooting for this match because I really like Aaron Williams. Um, I'm all right with Ron Matthews. He's a crazy fuck. Um, I really, really didn't like the way that he handled the thing with Ian Rotten at uh, at uh, King of the Death. I, I really didn't. Like, he just, you know, look, man, people shit on Ian all the time. But, like, if you listen to, you know, both sides of that story, I, I really didn't think fucking Matthews handled that shit fairly at all. Like he just he really took like a shitty approach to it, and um I don't know i did, i I just didn't take that that really well, you know what i mean, so it, it was what it was, you know again it, he's a crazy fuck in, in death matches, and you know, I think he's he's definitely worth bringing in because you know he'll he'll do over the top stuff, and yeah he, he's a crazy dude um Aaron Williams, I really like I never knew him to be a death match guy. I don't know if this was just a a great example of why he's not a death match guy or what, but this match just didn't really click. It was all over the place. I'm sure these guys have wrestled each other a million times. So, um, don't really mean that it didn't click as far as these guys had zero chemistry, but for whatever reason, it was all over the place. They do something that the fans were kind of in and then they just kind of fucking lose their momentum or they, you know, they just, it just didn't carry. The fans were, you know, back and forth with this sucks, boring, da da da, then kind of up and down, up and down. It just, it didn't, it didn't carry consistently throughout the match. And you know, I did, I kind of felt bad for, for the dudes because, you know, they were trying a bunch of shit, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It just, it just wasn't that great. Um, now, um. All right, so then the next match was Ricky Shane Page and Connor Claxton in a Rights of Passage Barefoot Coles Taipei Death Match. I fucking hate barefoot anything. Hate it. Fucking hate it. Number one, I hate feet. Fucking hate feet. It's one of the most disgusting things on the planet. Um, I just I fucking hate feet. So. Like, a match where, like, the pain is centered around what's going on with the fucking foot is definitely not something that's that's cut out for me. Uh, Not for my entertainment. Um, So that's obviously the first reason why I hate that shit. Number two, like, it it clearly slows down the fucking competitor. So it, it brings the match to a way slower pace because now they're running around without fucking boots on and there's tons of shit around. So you can't just fucking sprint through the match and fucking work a normal match and then do foot spots in there again. The foot spots, it's fucking... Beautiful. Why the fuck does anyone want to see that? So um, you know, I'm like a dude biting a dude's foot and shit. Get the fuck out of here. So to me, I'm completely against that shit and it did fucking nothing for me. So I wasn't a fan of this one. Um, and uh, Ricky Shane Page wins. Now the next match. This is Matt Tremont versus Alex Cologne in a sharp shit match. And I will vouch that there was sharp shit in this match with no question. Um, so this match, up until the point I saw, and I did see some clips and pictures and stuff like that, um, was fucking awesome. Absolutely fucking awesome. These two tore it the fuck up each other, me, whoever, you know, and um, so here's here's the situation, now man, I'm going to have to take two directions in the same fucking way now, so here's what happens at some point Alex Colon wraps barbed wire around his boot and at some point they find it to be a great idea to do a back body drop into the fucking crowd with barbed wire on his fucking boot. Now, look, again, I've been to 14 of this fucking tournament of debts. I know when shit's coming. I know how to get the fuck out of the way. When you have a full row of people and you're, I mean, you're, you're packed in there. You have a full row of people. Get out of the way. There's only so far you can go before You try to scoot the chair back, it's at the back of your fucking leg. You look behind you, there's fucking people right there. Your fucking person to your right is pressed against you They're right fucking there. There's nowhere you can go. There's a little bit of open space. If you watch the fucking clip, they had at least a chair and a half as far as for a place for him to land because the other side was the end of the aisle. They were able to slide out, whatever. But I saw him do the fucking thing where he backed fucking Tremont. You know, he hit Tremont. And boom, Tremont, and at the time, I didn't even know he had barbed wire on his fucking boot. He fucking hits Tremont, and Tremont's up against the guardrail. Now he runs back, clearly, to go running at Tremont. Well, I've been to way too many wrestling shows to not know what the fuck is coming next. He's coming over. So I fucking moved over, other side moved out, which was Jeremy who was next to me on the other side. My girl's right next to me. I can feel her body against my right side, so there's clearly no fucking where else I can go. Alex gets flipped over the fucking thing, clips my fucking arm, he's got fucking barbed wire wrapped around his fucking boot, and fucking shreds my animal tattoo. Big, giant fucking gash down the middle of my fucking tattoo. And the first thing I do is I I just felt like a trickle of blood coming down my arm. And I look and I thought, because it nicked me on my shoulder area. It, it gave me a couple scratches. And the one on the back of the shoulder was deep enough where I thought that's where the blood was coming from. So when I felt that, I was like, Oh fuck. And then, um, you know, whatever, no big deal. And then and as I look down, I see the wide open fucking wound on fucking animal, my animal pet, And, um, I'm like, motherfucker, you know, because it's, it, it fuck, man. It's my cat, shit's wide the fuck open, and it's fucking dripping blood all over the fucking place. So I'm like, fuck. Now, now okay, let me go, Ooh, so many things to say about this. Um, one, security. Where the fuck they at? Where the fuck's the security? Because security's job is to clear that fucking area out. Now, let's talk about your fucking security. Most of your security is fucking students. Students upon students upon students. Used to have fucking Mo over there. Used to have fucking uh, the, the guy that looked like a chubby fucking John Arbuckle. Those fucking guys were every month fucking CZW security, and they knew how to get the fucking people out of the way. What the fuck was coming? They had no agenda to fucking be in the fucking ring two months from now. It wasn't them fucking standing there paying dues and just waiting till they're done doing this shit so they can move on to something else. This is was their involvement was that was keeping the fucking fans safe and keeping the product fucking safe because the product's not safe if you don't keep the fucking fans safe. So so this is what's going on, right? So you got fucking students, you got the fucking looks like Lobo kid. You got him over there. You could see him in the fucking video. He looks like, oh, shit, here comes the action, and he gets the fuck out of the way. Where the fuck is he at? He takes the fucking bump over there, fucking scrapes my arm the fuck up. I'm fucking bleeding like a motherfucker. All over the fucking chair, got drops of blood hitting my fucking camera, I hand my camera over, okay, boom, now I'm fucking bleeding all over my fucking water bottle, the whole nine. Looking around, where the fuck is the security? Everybody in the fucking crowd around me is going, oh, shit. But the security who was sitting in that fucking corner is nowhere to be fucking found. Nowhere to be found to get fucking help. Nowhere. So I'm like, what the fuck, man? So I'm looking around. Then I see, like, fucking, um, like, Shawnee coming from the back. I'm like, oh, well, here he comes. Nope, he was going somewhere else. He wasn't even fucking alerted to come to me. So now um, Chris Grasso comes over. And, uh, oh, shit, I forgot something from earlier. I'll go back to it. Um, Chris Grasso comes over to check on me, and I appreciate that. You know, hey, oh, shit, you know, fuck. Now, here's where I got to go off on my other fucking tangent and come back to this. So we'll take a break from the fucking, the wound real quick. We'll it'll lead from that to that and then back. All right. So then over comes fucking piece of shit MLJ, which – I'm going to go ahead and just say that the J stands for jerk-off, because this guy's a fucking jerk-off. He comes over there. I'm bleeding like a motherfucker. And this fucking guy leans over the guardrail and goes, what did you do?
2: Did you blade?
3: Is this a work? And I told Chris Grasso, get that motherfucker away from me, or I'm fucking him up. Because I'm fucking sitting there bleeding, still waiting for fucking someone to come and, like, fucking do something. And this asshole is standing there with this shit. Drunk as fuck. Now, since match two, he was fucking hammered. He was standing in the fucking ring and said in the ring, not on the mic, said in the ring loud enough for me to hear in my fucking second row seat, I am fucked up. This is match two he was saying that shit. And he's guzzling shit. This dude is drinking like a fucking girl on prom weekend. He's a fucking clown. So he's your fucking ring announcer. He's your ring announcer that you're so fucking proud of. You're walking around talking on other fucking podcasts about MLJ runs our Dojo Wars. You want to give credit to Dojo Wars? That's all MLJ. Well, MLJ is a piece of shit. Fuck that motherfucker. Straight up. And I'll tell you what. You are so fucking lucky. That I've I've matured, and that I've fucking learned restraint in my fucking life. Because with this motherfucker slurring, fucking hanging his stupid little fucking body, breathing through his fucking mouth, fucking asking me, why did you do that? Did you blade and all this while I'm bleeding out my fucking arm? You don't know how fucking bad I wanted to grab that motherfucker's face. And you didn't have security there to fucking help me, so what the fuck were you going to do with him? Sure as fuck weren't stopping me at that point fuck this motherfucker. So all show, he's fucking drinking. This dude is in the fucking ring, chugging Mad Dog 2020. What fucking adult male does that shit? Dude, if you bring up Mad Dog 2020, people are going to go like, "Oh, I remember when I was a fucking stupid ass, you know, fucking 17-year-old and we fucking got someone to buy us Mad Dog 2020." This dude is a grown fucking man in the fucking ring getting paid the fucking ring announce on the fucking TV product. On the fucking, the the eye pay-per-view. You got your little fucking drone flying around. And this is your fucking representative. This fucking asshole. I, I had other people who were telling me he's fucking walking around in the fucking crowd. Who's got fucking weed? While matches are going on, he's smoking fucking bowls. Straight up. I got motherfuckers that are telling me this shit. He was walking around like there was nothing going on on that fucking venue but his fucking party. Like, it was his motherfucking birthday. He's walking around fucking slamming shit, doing fucking shots, doing fucking chugging Mad Dog 2020, all fucked up. By the end of the fucking, uh, he's eating fucking, like, hot dogs in the fucking ring. This dude's got a mic in one hand and a mouth full of fucking hot dog, just fucking laying, draping his fucking piece of shit body on the top rope. Just just like a fucking slob. By the end of the fucking first half of the show, I don't know if he fucking poured alcohol on himself or water or what the fuck it was, but the whole front of his shirt was just soaking wet. Like a sloppy piece of shit. And this is what you're presenting. This is what you're presenting. So tell me again how you're fucking, you're professional. You're running a business. You're doing this. Oh, actually... Um, well now let me let me hold on. I'll play that clip in a second. The fucking MLJ. Now the week before this fucking dude at um at the at the Zandig tournament, me and Larry are talking about the stuff DJ said about announcers and stuff because I I was talking to him about announcers and how you know, there's a lot of shit being left. You're not announcing your fucking tournament of death champion last year as fucking tournament of death champion the fucking month after. Meanwhile, Ian Rotten is announcing your guy has tournamented that champion on his show to boost his status and his importance to the match that's going on. And you guys are leaving that shit out. And and DJ said something along the lines of, well, you know, the, the ring announcing, it's like, you know, it takes away from the show where only, like, really important matches it matters. That's why you don't even see the ring announcers in the ring for every match and da-da-da-da-da. So Larry turns to MLJ, who's standing there, because I was talking to Larry. I would never fucking approach MLJ as, um, you know, someone I would want to fucking speak to. And the fucking guy, he goes, you know, what do you think about that? DJ saying, like, uh, you know, fucking ring announcers don't really have a, a, a importance and, and this and this. Like, you know, what do you think about that? And he goes, I don't give a fuck. I, as long as I'm getting paid, I don't give a fuck what, what they do. So right there, I just go, yeah, Larry, that's the standard DJ's working with right there. And he just shrugged his shoulders like, I don't give a fuck, whatever. You know what I mean? That's the type of shit, like, I, you know, going into tournament of death, I didn't respect him. So this, this is what we go on. We go on with this shit, and, and, and tournament of death, he's just a sloppy fucking piece of shit. And I get some shit like that happen to me, and, and this motherfucker is, is saying that dumb shit to me. And just carrying on the whole fucking show, just a sloppy drunk piece of shit and seeing how much he could fucking drink and smoking weed during fucking matches and all this shit. And this is your fucking representative. You're such a fucking businessman. Oh, it's all about getting the TV product going. I'm a businessman. I want to, you know, have all types of wrestling for everyone. This is, you know, I don't want to turn off any, I don't want to alienate any people or any type of wrestling fan. I want to cater to everyone, but this is your fucking representative, this fucking piece of shit, who can't fucking hold it together when you're fucking paying him, it's just a fucking party to him, and he's displaying it in front of fucking everybody, so this asshole, after I fucking, you know, post some shit on fucking Facebook the next day, I guess someone, you know, copy-pasted, sent it to him, because I'm sure as fuck not his Facebook friend, Um, and, and he fucking sends me an apology, oh, dude, Um, I just want to really apologize for my actions, that's not a representation of who I really am, bullshit, let me fucking explain something to you, again, I'm almost three years sober, when I was fucking drinking all the time, I was doing dumb shit like that, I was displaying myself as a piece of shit, I didn't respect myself like that, so I don't respect other motherfuckers that act like that, other people didn't respect me, and I understood why, I don't fucking blame them And some motherfuckers maybe still don't talk to me because of the way I used to fucking act. But I made myself something that I fucking respect, and I expect other people to respect. And if they don't, I don't give a fuck because I fucking do my shit for real. I fucking go in athletically. I'm a great fucking family man. I bust my ass. I take care of fucking animals. I work six days a week for the past 10 years. And if you don't like anything that I fucking do, anything that I put out there, you don't respect that, you can suck my dick. I don't give a fuck because I put my shit out there for myself to respect, my kids to respect, and and, and that's it, straight up. I don't disrespect other people. I don't step on people's fucking toes. I don't put out a public display. If I walked into a fucking store and I had my fucking phone, uh, like, playing fucking music, I'd feel like an asshole. That's the type of dude I am. I don't step on people's toes. I don't inconvenience other motherfuckers. So when you present yourself like that, that's exactly who you are as a person. You don't get to just walk around. See, I used to be fucked up. I used to fucking, I used to get hammered. I used to start fucking fights on Facebook. The whole shit. Every morning I'd wake up and I'd check my fucking Facebook. Do damage control. I'd be nervous as fuck every morning when i checked check my fucking Facebook. Because who knows what the fuck I said to somebody. Who knows what the fuck beef I started. Who knows what I said to fucking anybody. So every morning I'd have to wake up and do fucking damage control and apologize to motherfuckers. And maybe some people accepted my apologies. Maybe they didn't. But the next fucking night I was back at it. So that apologies don't mean shit. you want to fucking, you want to do something about it as far as me saying what the fuck I got to say? You can fucking do something about that shit. I know you can't do shit about it fucking physically because you ain't shit. But if you want to do something about it, Do something about the way you fucking live and maybe present yourself in a way that people want to respect you, not asking them to respect you and explaining that that's not the person you are, even though what they see is exactly fucking that. You can go fuck yourself straight up. And I'll tell you to your motherfucking face. The next time I see you too, you're a fucking clown. You're a dirtbag, mouth breathing, motherfucking clown. Fuck you. ML jerk off. MLJ. Now let's get back to my motherfucking wound. Just previous to the tournament of death, DJ Hyde went on the Hot Tag Podcast, my friends over there at the Hot Tag Podcast, and um, they asked him about tournament of survival. Well, DJ's stance was good for them, good for them, good for them, but they did dangerous shit. And, well, let, let's just... Let's just play this clip. I, I will tell you this. I know that fans, you know, they want to see the crazy, crazy, crazy. I don't want anybody to get seriously injured, okay? Like, I look at at Joey Janela and I go, okay, he, he's out. He's hurt. He's got to have surgery. And, and that's going to affect business in his life. Right. So that's going to affect business, right? So it's not going to affect business when you let a motherfucker leap into the crowd with some sharp shit on and fucking gouge a fucking fan, right? Okay, so let's go on to what happens next. Now I finally get fucking taken to the back somebody, and the first thing that happens is they start seeing me. Oh, j oh, oh, okay, cool, yeah, it's j Oh, it's cool, it's J-Cat. Nah, it's it. So here's the, here's the fucking problem. That's not a respectful thing to say to somebody that just got fucked up. Because if it was a kid, if it was a woman, if it was somebody you ain't fucking know, you'd be worried about losing your fucking company. And I got news for you, you should probably still be fucking worried about that. Because when you treat me like a fucking joke, and you treat me like I don't mean shit, because you know who I am, and I can take the shit physically, all of a sudden, fuck, it's j You might as well say, fuck that motherfucker. Because that's what it translates to. When I'm going to the fucking back, and it's like, oh, it's JCat, he's cool. No, his fucking arm's ripped open, dickhead. And you fucking sign up for tournament of death. You think the back of your fucking ticket that says, we're not fucking liable for blah, 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 blah. Look, I do these fucking races. I sign a death waiver at every one of my motherfucking races. You think the that they could just sell me a ticket that says, hey, if some shit happens, not our problem. You think if that shit would work, they wouldn't just do that? They have fucking spectators signed fucking death waivers at the fucking races I run. But you think a motherfucker leaping into the goddamn crowd with barbed wire on his foot is going to hold the fuck up? Fucking mine. So I get back there, and the dude, you know, does a little fucking butterfly stitch deal, you know, and then puts fucking gauze on top of it. You know, which, I mean, you just put gauze on top of something sticky, it's going to fuse to your fucking body. And then, you know, and then just wrap it, and then that's that. Now, you know, following this, you know, I got home. Again, we'll we'll go back to the tournament. But, um, you know, I, I sat for the rest of the show and all that. And, you know, here's the thing with me. I, t- I try to take things in stride, again, with my restraint and my maturity, you know, my years of maturing and, and learning not to just, like, react, you know, like, you know,
2: uh,
3: harshly, like, initially, I try to just roll with shit, and a lot of times people have, like, audacity, and I'm not able to just, which is a good thing, I'm not able to just, like, grab a motherfucker because some shit happened. I try to just fucking bite my motherfucking lip, you know what I mean, just just fucking endure whatever the fuck's going on and then assess the situation and react responsibly. That's what I try to do, you know, as a father, as someone who's not trying to go to jail over some dumb shit real quick. Now, I'm not saying, like, just specifically the situation or anything like that. I'm just saying in general. So a lot of times, you know, I just kind of, okay, 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 just just weather the storm, you're good, you're good. And then, you know, as time sets in, you start thinking about what people have said and what people have done. So now also while in the back, Maven comes up, and Maven Maven goes, like, oh, yeah, after after he, the dude, like, pretty much tapes my shit shut, he goes, hey, well, you know, see me after the show, you know, maybe I'll give you some gimmicks or something. First off, I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to because what the fuck are you going to hand me off that fucking table that's going to mean shit to me as far as my fucking arm being split open? There's – I'm not, you know – There's something you gotta understand about this Like I I wouldn't get cut and then immediately Be like oh fucking cashing in CZ fucking W style That's not my first thought However There's been a a Pretty big lack of Attempt to really Fucking make good on things Yeah like Again I'll I'll go a little further into that But let, let me tell you the other little Piece of disrespect now the whole Zandig angle, which we will get into, um, I will get into, um, happens. Now they got the t-shirts, right? So they're running around, they take a little intermission after the DJ and Zandig thing. Maven comes up to me and hands me a fucking, one of them fucking t-shirts that they're selling for $15 and I'm sure cost them four. Hands me a t-shirt, extra large, I'm currently wearing large t-shirts because I like the way they look on me. Hands me an extra large t-shirt white fucking $15 costing $4 t-shirts and it's got like fingerprints of fucking blood, some motherfucker's blood whether it be DJ's or Josh Cranes or wherever the fuck's blood from him running around with motherfuckers it's got spots of fucking blood on it like not a ton but like enough where it's not a fucking clean shirt hands me it and doesn't say a motherfucking thing about my arm he goes oh here J-Cat you've been a fan a really long time what the fuck, man? Because, like, I, I take Maven to be a very smart man. I don't, I don't take Maven to be a fucking idiot. But saying some dumb shit like that, like, you're just hooking me up because I've been a fan a long time with my fucking arm taped back together, is a pretty fucking thing to say, in my opinion, and pretty fucking disrespectful. Because, like, in your opinion, you're handing me a fucking $4 shirt, and now I'm fucking smiling all the way home. You got to understand, like, I don't live by this fucking wrestling shit, man. I don't mark the fuck out for this shit. I might be a big fucking fan and do a little fucking podcast, but I do a lot of other shit in life that holds way more fucking weight than wrestling. This is why I've said time and time again, it's, it's becoming a little bit harder to fucking attend because any of the bullshit I got to deal with along the way, even even some of these fucking the, the, these, these fans, man, like, I just don't like being around these motherfuckers. Not saying everybody, but I'm saying, like, some of them, it's like, dude, this is what I'm doing for entertainment? What the fuck, man? So so I I damn sure ain't, like, oh, my fucking God, that $15 shirt that I could have bought fucking ten times over, which is what was in my wallet. Oh, fuck, man, I I can't believe he just fucking handed me one of those that's a size bigger than I like to fucking wear. Fuck, man, now I forgot about my fucking arm. So to to, uh, go further into the arm situation, now... I finished watching the whole show. I you know, that's it. I uh I, I go home and now I'm just really fucking thinking like fuck man. I had some fucking guy they who's used to fucking taping back back together, people who don't give a fuck what their body looks like who do that shit, you know, who are gonna do another fucking match and maybe even try to bust it open to bleed more the next fucking week or the next month. And it's just part of what the fuck they do. I got this motherfucker that took care of me and shit. And, you know, nothing against the dude. I don't know what his fucking qualifications were. But, again, part of my problem, I don't know what the fuck his qualifications were. And this is the fucking guy that medically cared for me. Number one, I got cut by some metal shit. No talk of fucking, hey, you should go to the hospital and get a fucking tetanus shot. No, no. What does this fucking guy tape you up in the back? Give you a fucking four dollar t shirt and send you on your fucking way. So at fucking one thirty in the fucking morning, I make the decision like I I gotta go to the fucking hospital. Not because I'm hurting, not because of anything else, but like number one for my fucking tattoo like taped together is gonna heal a lot fucking rougher than it will with fucking stitches. And anyone can look at that fucking wound and go, oh that should need stitches. You know what I mean? Like, maybe for a fucking deathmatch wrestler, not so much, because that's no big deal to have, like, a big fucking scar on your arm. But I'd rather fucking not. You know what I mean? So, and, again, the fucking tetanus shot, dude. Like, you can get that fucking shit with your jaw locked, your fucking locked jaw, and you fucking die off of some dumb shit like that. So, I'm like, fuck it. So, now I go to the hospital. I'm up in there till fucking 4 in the morning. And the dude was like, yeah, like, they put fucking gauze right on top of your shit, like, it was like fusing to your fucking skin, like, this shit wouldn't have healed well at all, like, yeah, it would have healed, but it would have healed pretty fucking rough, uh, you know, and so he puts this long, like, couple inch long base, he called it a baseball stitch, because it's one stitch, but it keeps going up and down all the way up the fucking thing, and it looks good for what it is, but, you know, and then they put me on antibiotics to give me a tetanus shot, so now, how does this relate to my fucking week? Well, my race is Saturday. So I start the antibiotics on Sunday. Now, that shit has me feeling sluggish as fuck. Not only that, I went to bed at fucking 4 something in the fucking morning, which I wouldn't have. I would have came home from the deathmatch tournament. I would have went to fucking sleep, and that would have been the end of it. That that would have been the fucking end. Like, I just would have went to bed. I would have woke up the next morning, maybe started fucking playing around with my fucking pictures I took from the show. So, crazy fucking tired going into Monday. My fucking, my shoulder on the left-hand side, it it feels like, it, you know, it's pulled or something because it's got the fucking tetanus shot in it. So now my shoulder's sore as fuck. I'm, like, so tired and, and with the antibiotics that I'm just feeling like fucking, like, Shrugged, like I'm feeling like like dragged down. I feel like like when I blink I, I might fall asleep type shit. So I get through my fucking day. Now Monday and Tuesday, my my race weeks would be my only training days, and I go fucking ridiculous on those fucking days. Ridic- like burn myself the fuck out and then rest from fucking Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday go in with my fucking race. Well guess what I didn't get to fucking do this week? I didn't get the fucking train like that because I've been drained. Drained from the motherfucking, the weekend and the shit that happened. And the antibiotics got me, you know, feeling all fucking groggy and shit. So this is the the aftermath. This is what I'm going into. See, I have real life shit going on. I have actual shit planned besides going to the fucking entertainment and then leaving with some extra shit that I didn't show up for. You guys don't take that shit into account Because oh it's J-Cat It's cool it's cool it's J-Cat Well the problem is, is J-Cat had to go and fucking train on Monday Which I know a lot of the fucking people Over there are very fucking unfamiliar with So they would know like What the fuck that would do to somebody When they make you And know, they're supposed to go in and fucking train Because they're, they're really unfamiliar with that shit Not everybody I'm saying The owner for fucking sure so Sunday, you know, I get I get barraged. Barraged with fucking holy shit dude. Holy fuck, man. You're right, da 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 da. I must have got hit up by twenty fucking wrestlers, man. Straight up. And I'm not outing anybody or what anybody said or what any any this or any of that. I will tell you I got a vast array of, you know, that should have never fucking happened. Da 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 da. Um so I finally get the message from DJ. Oh, uh, I just woke up. You know, da, 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 da. Oh, and, and another thing that was said in the back, which is another thing that he parroted back to me in his fucking message. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I hope everything's all right. You know, I talked to Schlack. He's going to fix it. First off, did Schlack do my motherfucking tattoo? What the fuck makes you think that Schlack is going to fix my fucking tattoo? because he fucking works for you, and you know a guy, and this and that. Imagine getting into a fucking car accident, fucking the other dude's car up, and going, yo, my brother fixes cars, man. Bring it by my brother's house, and he'll fucking fix it. That's not the way shit works. Motherfuckers get an estimate, and you pay it. That's what the fuck happens when you fuck up. That's what happens. So maybe you don't understand that shit. There's there's certain things that you just need to understand more, because I don't think we're up to speed on how fucking life works. I know you know how fucking CZW works under the DJ rule of shit. But guess what? You're fucking up right now. Slack ain't doing a motherfucking thing with me. Because he didn't do my shit to begin with. So all of a sudden, like, my artist isn't the one who's going to work on my shit? Because you know a fucking guy? Fuck you, man. What are you, crazy? Oh, yeah. Let me drive fucking two hours and have a guy who didn't fucking do my tattoo to begin with who you you have fucking in your student in your school, you know, let him fucking work on my shit. Oh, that sounds fucking right. Right. Okay. You're out of your fucking mind, man. And, and so then, so then I tell him, Oh, well, listen, man, um, that, you know, that's, that's not what was going on. But, um, however I went to the hospital and, and I'll let you know when I get the bill. Oh, I, and now, now here, here's where I get like the, you know, when you see somebody on on a messenger thing, You see the dots like they're typing and then the dots disappear and then the dots show up again and then the dots disappear. Like they're doing a lot of backspacing and thinking that's what was going on. So finally he's like, oh, I didn't know you went to the hospital, but I understand. Okay. You know, let me know. It's no problem. So, okay. So I got, you know, a little confirmation there. And then um, I I got a, a call from John who said, you know, the, you know, the tattoo session, I'll make sure that that's covered and everything, and it was very nice for him to call and check up on me and all of that as well. Um, however, you know, look, man, I got fucking wrestlers who fucking work for you. Again, I'm not outing nobody or anything like that, but wrestlers who fucking work for you that are telling me I'd be fucking stupid not to sue you. I got fucking wrestlers that work for you that are like, what the fuck are they giving you? They better have fucking hooked you up with a lifetime fucking past the CZW studios. You know, they, they better do this. They better do that. You should be getting this. You should be getting that. I've gotten zero offers. I've gotten, Oh shit. Didn't know you went to the hospital. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, with the tapping, that's nice. I'm like, Oh, but that's like, again, like, you know, the route with the slack and this is like, yeah. Oh, oh, fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah, that car is jacked up. Look, Um. my brother does fucking cars. So, I mean, it's just it's just asinine. You guys aren't fucking thinking. You're such a businessman. You're such a businessman. You don't understand it. No matter whether I'm Jay Cat and it's cool or not, the back of your fucking ticket is not going to fucking hold up. And if I wanted to fucking bury you, I can bury you. And you're not fucking treating me like that. And just that disrespect alone is enough for me to possibly explore my options. I'm really not sure what I'm doing yet, to be honest with you. But to fucking completely drop off like it's just cool because it's J-Cat might get you fucked up. I'm telling you straight up, man, because it's not cool to just fucking dismiss me as Shit just happens, and it's cool because it's J-Cat. I'm not your fucking boy, man. That's, that's a problem. That's a fucking problem right there. Maybe treat yourself like a businessman when it counts. Instead of using that as your excuse for why you do this or that that the fans don't like because it's a business and you don't understand, you might want to start really understanding fucking business pretty fucking quick because you did some shit that's very fucking, you allowed some shit to happen in your company that's very fucking reckless. That little back of the ticket cover you for a little bit of glass flying and nick somebody and this and that. That doesn't mean wrestlers can leap at you with sharp shit. No fucking way. I'm telling you, it's a bad fucking look. And I, I, I I'm telling you, man, I, I'm not sure how this is gonna fucking turn out. I'm just not sure because this isn't fucking right, man. Um, you know, yeah, I could take it physically as far as the the you know pain or any of that stuff. That's not a fucking issue. The fact is, dude, I didn't ask for this fucking shit. I know this wasn't something you wanted to fucking do or you wanted to happen. But in the same token, there there is a certain fucking protocol that you should be going through, you know. And and if it was somebody you didn't fucking know, or if it was a fucking kid or a a, a woman you know i mean um I, I i think you'd be treating it differently i i think you'd be fucking shit in your pants but i i don't really know that that's, that's the feeling with me and i don't appreciate it so that's that's that um back to the tournament um now i i missed something before and uh i i want to get back to it real quick but um previous to Chris Crassell coming to check on me and, and again I, I do appreciate that, you know. Um in the Connor Claxton Masada match, he went and I think yeah. No. Maybe it was the Connor Claxton yeah. Connor Claxton might have been the Connor Claxton um Ricky Shane Page match, I think it was. Um uh Claxton did a thing where he acted like he was going to hit Chris Grasso with the light tube, and then he turned around like he wasn't, and then he hit Chris Grasso with the light tube. Um, Chris did the silliest-looking cell you ever see. He waited, like, like, two or three full seconds and did, like, this wobbly leg thing and then sat down. Uh, that lasted for about 30 seconds, uh, not even a minute, and then he popped back up, Walked over, sat down, and was ear-to-ear smiling and laughing like, you know what I mean? Like like it was all good, and it was hilarious and funny. And then I heard him a minute later saying, oh, like I guess I was supposed to stop doing my job. First off, this shit shouldn't happen to begin with. Because these fucking performers are trained fucking professionals. There's a certain way that they need to be presenting the product in order to be believable. They, they need to be, you know, selling what they're doing. They need to be making, you know, e- each thing that they put out there look important and look devastating and look all of that. So when you whack a fucking cameraman with a light tube and then he fucking sells it like it's nothing and then he's laughing and shit, it makes everybody in that fucking ring look like clowns. Looks fucking Ridiculous. And then, like, his attitude, like, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to do my job. No. If you get involved enough where now you're part of the fucking video where the cameraman gets fucking whacked, yeah, you're dead for the rest of the match at least. You lay there like you're fucking dead, and security helps you to the fucking back. See you next match, if that. See you next match with fucking a bandage around your head as if it killed you. And now the rest of the show, you're acting timid. That's what being part of the fucking shit. Is. If you're going to be part of the fucking action, you need to fucking play the part or not be part of the fucking action. I don't know how much it was worked out or how much. It, I, I don't fucking know, and I don't care. I'm telling you what it looks like to a fucking fan. And you can hate that. You can think whatever the fuck you want to. I don't care. I, I have a certain amount of, and I don't know why I have this, but I do. I have a certain amount of pride about the product where I want the product to come off looking good. And if it's fucking, oh, the cameraman's getting fucking whacked, and he's fucking laughing like someone told the joke. A minute later, and he's fucking sitting around like, yeah, fuck it, you know. Then, then it doesn't. It, it, it takes down the fucking, the danger level, to the to, in the fans' eyes, you know. And then the wrestlers are hitting each other with tubes, and they're fucking laying. But the fucking camera guy's smiling in two minutes. It just—it looks like absolute shit. My personal thing is, would 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 be, don't do it. Don't fucking do it at all because it looks like shit. But if you do do it, that cameraman is dead for at least a match. You don't fucking see him. He's gone. Just like if a manager gets fucked up and thrown through something, he's dead. You don't see him again. He doesn't show up for the next move. He doesn't. He's not back for the finish. He's fucking gone. That's it. The performers are supposed to be put on a higher level as far as their pain tolerance and their shit they can take. You know, you hit a fucking you know other guy with a you know with a finisher and he kicks out at two. Holy fuck, he's out. You hit a manager with a finisher and you don't see that fucking guy till next month. That that's just the way it should be. Correct me if I'm fucking wrong, please. All right, so um. Where are we go from here? Okay, so I didn't, you know, I didn't see the rest of that match obviously because I was in the fucking back getting fucking tape put on my arm and uh, you know, or butterfly stitch, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and uh, you know, gauze fused to my fucking wound. Um, but um, and being told how cool it was because uh, I was J Cat, so it was all it was all cool. Maybe I'll get a I'll get gimmicks later. Fuck out of here. So um. You know, side note, T-shirts. Um, nah, I didn't get one of those because those are the higher class T-shirts. But those, the fucking t T-shirts, the back of it listed the competitors. Your finals were Matt Tremont and Ricky Shane Page. Both guys' fucking names spelled wrong on your fucking shirt. Do you guys have any fucking standards at all? Like, do you guys ever fucking look at some shit you're doing and go, and fuck that, we can't present that to the public? And if if that does happen, can you imagine what the fuck those fuck-ups look like? Because if this shit is still good enough to go, ah, let's get the sales. And I've heard, like, oh, you know, our T-shirt guy, da-da-da-da-da, yeah, he's going to fix it. But you sell them to the public first? What? And then are you going to let the people exchange it for the fucking dumb shirt? Or, I mean, what do you, let them wear it around for a while and then exchange it for what? Like, it's just fucking bad business. Your world champion is Matt Tremont, according to the back of that shirt. And Ricky is R I C K Y. No E in that motherfucker, like the guy who won the tournament. It's fucking bananas, guys. You can't present yourself as a business and do all the fucking things. You fucking injure a fan. You got your fucking ring announcer out there like a fucking drunk fucking prom girl. And you got fucking shirts that commemorate the event with your fucking compa- with your finalists, one of which you're fucking world champion. It's not like some guy from out west who you've never booked before and you forgot how to spell his name. You're fucking world champion. Fucking name is spelled wrong on the back of the shirt. You guys are pathetic. Absolute pathetic. That's why motherfuckers don't take you seriously. It's not the death matches. It's not because, oh, you get labeled fucking a death match company and da 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 da. It's because of assholes like fucking ML Jericho fucking wasted in your ring. It's because of the back of your fucking shirt misspelled. It's because of asinine shit like that that people from the outside could look and go, who the fuck runs this piece of shit? That's what it is. And and here's another little fucking point. On your fucking um, you know, all, all the podcasts you've been on, DJ, you go on and you know, hey, you know, eventually we want to make it possible. Right now it's not possible, but we want to make it possible for the live pay-per-views to go on uh CCW studios because those people should be getting the live shows and the old shows for that 9 That's what we want to do for our people. Well, that's funny, because you had a fucking delayed eye-per-view, and instead of putting it on CZW Studios for your fucking guys you put up the delayed eye per view to try to make money off of people before you gave it to your CZW Studios account, guys. So I understand that you can't do it live, but when it's delayed and it's on tape and you can upload it wherever the fuck you want to, you choose to fucking try to juice people twice rather than give it to the people who are already paying you fucking monthly. So it's a bunch of bullshit, man. Get out of your fucking mind. All right, so um, back to the fucking show. I didn't get to see as much of that. Uh, All right, man, it was supposed to be Dale Patrick's versus, um, versus Devin Moore. I get back from fucking the back, and there's four motherfuckers, and, and, like, it's all over the place, man. Like, so, um, I didn't really get to see as much of this match as I wanted to. I, I missed the majority of this match. This this was, uh, G. Raver and Dale Patrick's versus Lucky and, um, and Devin in a tornado tag. So I got I got to go back and watch this match at some point. So this is this is the one that I really really didn't get to see enough to review too much of, but it looked like a bunch of crazy shit was going on all over the place. I know Devin never fucking disappoints in a scaffold match. Dale Patrick is a tremendous talent that um you know, I've been looking forward to seeing in CCW for a long time. He was just standing on the sideline last year even though he was there. Um you know, so I I I expect this to be fucking good. Um, and, you know, and Lucky always, you know, performs and shit. He always does his thing. Um, so, so yeah, man, this is one of those things I did. I got to go back and watch that match. Um, now we got the um, Josh Crane versus DJ Hyde in a pain to the glass match, which I was not aware, but um, DJ had said on another podcast, that uh, on the Hot Tag podca- Podcast, another plug, um, that pains the glass match or his specialty. I was completely unaware that DJ Hyde had a specialty anything. I figured maybe at his local deli he had a specialty sandwich that they knew what the fuck he wanted when he walked in, but a specialty fucking wrestling match? I'm pretty sure that that's not been labeled by anybody else but DJ Hyde. Like, fucking Devin Moore's specialty is scaffolds. DJ Hyde's specialty is fucking people wanting him to fucking go home. Like, it's not Pains of Glass matches it's his specialty. When the fuck did that start? Jesus Christ. So, anyway, Josh versus DJ Hyde. Uh, Josh did a good job. Um, DJ is fucking DJ. He's never good in a match. There's nothing he ever fucking does good in a match. He, you know, he takes a bunch of abuse and all of that shit, and he bleeds. So he, he bled real good. Uh, that's great. So, he did that. Um, now, You know, again, this was a silly-ass booking because they pretty much announced Zandig DJ knowing that they weren't going to book Zandig DJ. Now, you know, the way it turned out was great. Um, I think there could have been a better way to get there, Um, like maybe not announcing fucking Zandig and then doing all of that shit. I mean, I guess Zandig could have been, you know, a draw. But, I mean, Zandig could have teased it and this and that. But they did way too much announcing and talking about Zandig, Zandig, Zandig who's going to be there for anyone to really try to respect the match with Josh Crane. You know, it did all right, like I said. But, um, I mean, people were yelling Zandig shit the whole fucking match. Like, they're yelling, there was five of them. It took five of them. You know, you you kept hearing fucking Jesus. They're the... <laughs> so, people were, like, dying for that. So, now, all of a sudden, fucking huge shock. I love this fucking, the way that this this was executed This part was executed fucking phenomenally Blackouts music hits And they're on a motherfucking, uh, what is that called? A backhoe, ditch digger I don't fucking know, I don't work in the uh, I, don't, I don't work in that field um, So, they're, they fucking ride in on the front of this fucking thing On a shovel of this fucking backhoe or whatever With fucking shovels in their hands they drive this fucking thing around. They fucking, they're standing on this thing going, you know, you're going to fucking die, DJ. They have Zandig, $2,000, you know, that $400 shirt I was telling you about. They got those on. Um, and they're going to tell, they're telling them, you're going to fucking die. You're going to fucking die. I'm going to fuck you up, da-da-da-da-da. Zandig comes sliding in the back with a fucking exploding barbed wire bat. Pop, you know, fucking hits him in the back. All that shit, he's fucking telling you yo, you fucking, you give it up? And I uh, So no, no, fuck you. So uh they drag him to the fucking side. Um Side note, before I get into all that, the fucking sound system was horrendous for this whole show. Horrendous. Like, the, the entrance music wasn't fucking loud at all. Like, it just wasn't. I'm pretty sure when the band played, their shit was louder than the fucking sound system was all day for your fucking performers. And the mic was cutting in and out all day, including the most crucial fucking point. (laughs) So, now, this fucking thing digs a fucking hole in the yard. Digs a fucking grave. They're going to bury fucking DJ alive. They put him in the fucking thing. They drive him all the way around. They tell him, fucking give up, motherfucker. I'm going to bury you alive. Fucking drop him in the fucking hole. Uh, Joey Janela gets involved. Now, he's he's team DJ over here. He's all, fuck you, fuck you. You know, so now Joey turns heel when he's supposed to be out for five months, which is fucking ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, You know, it's not like fucking next month Joey's in the ring now against such and such to defend. Like, he's he's fucking out. So, I mean, it's kind of silly to turn him heel that prematurely, especially when he comes back five months from now. Everyone's still going to be happy to see him. I mean, I guess they could do shit promo-wise and, you know,
1: um, as long as it's
3: not like a match. Still get him involved and keep him involved. I guess they could do things. I mean, Joey's a tremendous performer, so I'm sure, yeah, he, he could execute whatever he's trying to accomplish out there. So, anyway, uh, he, he cuts that off. Now, Zandy's got him in the fucking hole, and, you know, he's fucking, you know, I'm going to fucking bury you alive. Fucking give up the company. Oh, Mike cuts out. Mike's out. Can't hear anything. Mike's out. Mike's out. Danig walks back to the ring. It's done. This is my company again. This is what's going to happen, motherfucker. Like, well, you completely fucking missed getting that on mic because you fucked the sound system up today. I just, awesome fucking angle. And the thing that sticks out that's fucking so tremendously awesome to me, too, said it myself on this show, Blackout would have never been booked again. Robbie Marino and Ruckus would have never fucking been booked again. Now, I'm not speaking for these fucking guys. I'm saying myself, but look, I've said it before. DJ Hyde did not get along with fucking Robbie or fucking Ruckus in the past. Before he bought the company, him and Ruckus were not fucking friends. You know, it's been talked about. Now, in my opinion... He put Ruckus and Robbie in the Hall of Fame a couple years ago to write them the fuck off. He had no reason to ever book them again because they were Hall of Famers. There wasn't a reason to book them again. That's it. They were done. That's it. Hall of Famers. I'm pretty sure he's been asked about it on interviews, and he, and that was, like, his response. Well, they're Hall of Famers. I mean, it, you know uh, – I don't, you know, I mean, Robbie's more of an in-ring performer now, and, you know, that's not what he was here, and, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and Ruckus, you know, he's a he's a busy guy, and, you know, they're Hall of Famers, so, you know, they've, they've done their time, you know. Like, believe me, I, I don't think neither one of those guys would be booked ever fucking again in CZW. So coming back with Zandig is, like, a legit thing. Not like Zandig coming back and then, like, picking this guy and that guy who was already working in the company. Now you're the guys, and then the other side is going to now you're DJ guys. It wasn't just taking a couple guys from here and here in the company. It was bringing two guys back that legitimately were not going to fucking be booked again. And and I couldn't be fucking happier because those are my fucking dudes. Yeah, I mean, I got a shout-out in the motherfucking Hall of Fame speech, for Christ's sake. You know, this this is... um. This is a big fucking thing, man. I think it's really fucking cool. I hope DJ doesn't fuck it up. And um, there's a huge chance it's going to happen because DJ doesn't know how to execute a fucking thing. I'm hoping Zandig has a lot of control over the situation. I know their next two shows are in like Indiana and Ohio. And if DJ wrestles on either one of those fucking cards, it's fucking, it looks like shit already. DJ shouldn't even show his face at those fucking cars. That motherfucker should be in the back completely unseen because by storyline, Zandig just ran him fucking out. And he can come and fucking interact or whatever the fuck, you know, come August. But I don't think Zandig's going to be going to fucking Indiana or fucking Ohio. Again, I don't know his fucking travel plans. Maybe he is. But Zandig's company is Zandig's company. Now we're headed to fucking Ohio and Indiana. And then there's DJ and those Zandig. That's not going to look good. That's not going to look good at all. And then you got August, where in the afternoon you're doing your TV tapings, you know, your big TV tapings. Again, DJ needs to be non-existent. And then the night's going to be, like, the, the main night show, or whatever. We'll see what comes of it, but DJ is king of fucking making a storyline or an angle look like shit. Like, he has such a lack of attention to detail, it's fucking amazing. It's like he tries to fuck shit up and then blames everything but his own ability to book things. So, we'll see. I mean, it's very, very interesting. It's interesting that's happened in CZW in a long fucking time. I said that there was nothing that was going to get me back there. I'm not really sure that I'm going to fucking head back very soon, especially with this other thing lingering. Uh I don't know what's gonna happen. I will tell you it's fucking interesting though. it's very fucking interesting. So there's that. Um Main event Ricky Shane Page versus Matt Tremont, Ring of Fire and Wired Deathmatch. Um this now this this was not well executed as far as the um the fire stipulation. They they said I saw the, I saw the shells over all the way over by the fucking merch tables just hanging and you know we're getting pictures and stuff like that you know and um and I saw the the wood with the rags on it and I'm like oh fuck they're doing fire so you know right away I fucking knew but the time they they got it fucking lit up and burning and the fucking visual was awesome. It was the whole one side of the ring, all two-by-fours and all, you know, fucking hooked up wire on it and everything, and then it had fucking, you know, the rags, and the rags were doused, in, you know, the lighter fluid and lit on fire, and it was fucking burning over there. The visual was fucking awesome. By the time the fucking bell rang, there was pretty much no fire. There was, like, smoke coming off the wood. That was it. And, I mean, I'm sure the wood was hot, but it, the fire element was gone. It, like... The the visual was long gone by the time the fucking bell rung. It was, like, the aftermath of it where it was still smoking and maybe you'd see, like, a little flicker of a flame, but all dead. I mean, if there wasn't a way to, like, liven it back up, put a little more lighter fluid on it to keep it going until the bump threw it, then it wasn't worth fucking doing. Um, So Tremont comes out to Wild Thing, which I think, like, what is this fucking guy like, Ricky Vaughn from fucking <laughs> pro fucking Major League? Jeremy immediately gets it and is like, oh, fuck, he's coming out the fucking Onita's music. And I'm like, oh, shit. I thought he was trying to be fucking Charlie Sheen in Major League out this motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this guy trying to do? Like, play like, you know, fucking save the game reliever fucking coming in in the end? Um, <laughs> so. Uh, uh, yeah, so he did that, you know, he's uh, continuing this Anita thing. Um, he comes out there, man, and fucking him and Ricky fucking just, I mean, they, they fucking tore shit the fuck up, and, um, Ricky's goddamn face, man, like, by the end of the match, like, he had to like, in-between moves, try to fucking press a towel against his face, because he was gushing blood so bad, if you look at the fucking... Had uh, the um the wound online that you know he posted or whatever like oh fuck man like it looks like half his face was like ripped off like dude's got like this gouge from like his fucking eyebrow to his fucking hairline like huge deep ridiculous fucking gouge that's being like held together by two staples or stitches or whatever the fuck it was I think stitches and then uh, and then uh, he posted something about you know going to the The, uh, you know, plastic surgeon later in the week or whatever. And um, fucking shit, man. For him to finish that fucking match like that, holy fuck, man. That that guy gets so much fucking respect. Overall, like I said, uh, top to bottom, you know, between Alex's performance throughout this tournament minus fucking being extremely fucking reckless and careless and fucking me up, um, he had an amazing fucking tournament. Um, again, I didn't, I didn't like Ricky Shane Page's first or second round matches, but his fucking his finals was fucking bananas. And I might've been the only guy to call fucking Ricky Shane Page, the guy who was going to win it. You ask the people who I went with, you know, and, and they're like, who do you think is going to win? First thing, and then he won and everyone's like, what a shock. Holy shit. I can't believe it. And I'm like, really? I mean, you look at it like Matt Tremont he won fucking tournament of death last year. He won King of the death the past two years. So, I mean, for DJ to just go, all right, Mac goes over two years in a row. Well, that's just what Ian did. So that to me would look kind of silly to be like, oh, he won back to back death, you know, tournament of death and King of the death. And all right. Like, you know, um, and again, any kind of responsible fucking ring announcing would fucking announce this guy like a fucking beast. Not just zero grand slam champion wins all the things in last year's tournament, of death champion back to back King of the death match. First ever back to back King of the death match winner. I mean, you mentioned other companies to further increase the the significance or importance of what's going on in your ring. It's not giving a shout out to another company. It's mentioning the other company to further pad the accomplishments of what's about to happen in your ring. It's just it, it, it's a good sell on your product, but whatever. Um, and uh, so anyway, um, I didn't think Truma was going to happen. Um, you know, Masada, he already won fucking two. He already won, I think, yeah, he won back-to-back. And he won the one in Europe. So, technically, like, three, if you count that as a tournament of death. So, he's got three. That, you know, to put him in, like, a four or, you know, let's just say he won just two tournaments. That's the other one was something separate. To put him up as a third, eh. Danny Havoc's the other guy with two. Well, he just won one six days ago. Do I think Zan, do I think uh, BJ is going to follow and use the same guy as winner that Zandig did? No, I don't. I absolutely don't. And uh, so that's that's those three guys right off the bat. Don't think it's happening. I, I think that's they're unlikely to win it. Now, I mean, do we think fucking? I mean, everyone was sleeping on Alex Colon. I wouldn't think Alex Sloan would win the tournament. I don't think anyone else was predicting it. After that first round, I would have been fucking fine with it. You know? And it's, you know, second round again, minus the thing. Um, I mean, he overall, top to bottom, probably had the best tournament of the fucking of the day. Minus the unnecessary shit. And... uh Okay, so there's Alex. There's, I, I wouldn't think Tim Donce would go through three rounds and win the tournament. That that sounds silly. Connor Claxton, eh, you know, he's been kind of in limbo for a year. They haven't pushed him hard. So for him to spring up out of nowhere and then win the whole fucking thing would be really, really shocking. I know he went to the finals last year, but it came down to a lot of fans thinking that, like, that was a mistake. So unless he was gonna go completely like 180 and then just fucking die through three, you know, the, the whole fucking tournament. Damn, I don't know. Um, and who else? Oh, and I, I, wouldn't think fucking Cannonball would win. So to me, it was a no-brainer. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that that's just the way that I was thinking. And, and Ricky Shane Page is the most. I mean, how fucking over is that guy? That guy, you know, he wrestled fucking those matches with Danny. He was so fucking tremendously over. The fans were freaking the fuck out for him. Of course, winning him, putting him over is a huge fucking great idea. I mean, it's a great fucking idea. They didn't use him in last week, you know, the previous week's tournament. He hasn't really been spotlighted the way he should. And fucking all of a sudden, bam, fucking wins the fucking, yeah. I mean, it it made all the sense in the world to me. And then now he gets a, a, a title shot at Tremont in uh, Ohio or fucking Indiana or one of those joints. Um, that's that. I mean, it made all the sense in the world to me. Um, oh, and now here's the other thing, too. You know, DJ, you know, during the – I was speaking of security. You know, I was le- reading off some of the security guards and how, you know, the students and all this. Another guy, security, during the fucking Zandig thing, walking around with a security shirt. Kurt fucking Robinson Okay So which is it Which is it You put him in the best of the best tournament In the fucking best of the best tournament But then he still walks around with a security shirt Like he's still like paying his dues and working his way up You can't have both man You know when you put him in the best of the best tournament You're telling me he's ready You put him back in a fucking security shirt You're telling me he's like the fucking Lobo kid or like fucking Alfredo, who who you know for fucking five six years collect you know paid his fucking money to the school just to be a fucking security guard, you know. I, I mean, it, it's just it's got to be one or the other to me. And I think if you go as far to say this fucking guy goes in best of the best, uh, I then maybe he's one of your guys now. Maybe you fucking stand behind your decision. You just put him in a fucking security shirt and have them walk around like he's fucking nobody again. Again, I don't know if this just saves you money, and this is why the security is the way it is. But it's not a good fucking look. Clearly, it's not working out from a security standpoint. Clearly. But, I, you know, again, there was fucking legit security guys before who were CZW guys. Mo and the fucking John Arbuckle guy, you know, and a couple other guys that you knew every fucking month, you know, they were there, that that was their fucking job, they weren't trying to get in the fucking ring, they weren't trying to break into the fucking business, and this was like a, you know, stopping ground, this wasn't just like, fuck, I gotta do this this month, you know, I gotta do this this month, and then finally get their fucking shot. Uh, You know, uh, there's a big difference. There's a a, a fucking huge, shining fucking difference, and and this is what it is, man. This is why I have a big fucking gouge on my arm. Not only because the wrestlers are not coached up on what they can and can't fucking do out there, but because the security's not making proper fucking clearance for these guys to do what the fuck they want to do. It's just, it's fucking asinine. It's unfucking called for So... That that's that. Um, I, I think that's about all I got for tonight, guys. Uh, I didn't even expect to go this fucking long, but man, I'm fired up, man. I I'm uh my whole fucking week is fucked up because of this. I gotta let this fucking shit heal and I gotta go into this fucking race hoping this motherfucker doesn't get infected. Any fucking doctor that would look at what the fuck is going on, what just happened to my arm, would tell me, do not go to this fucking race. I'm not going to talk to any fucking doctors between now and this fucking race, because that's all I'm going to fucking hear from. All I did is I went to the fucking ER and got the shit done, and the antibiotics, got the fucking shot, got the fucking stitches, and then I'll go into the fucking doctor right after the fucking race. And you know, and, and I'll see uh, assess what the fuck I go from there and get my stitches out and then go from there. But it fucks everything up, puts me in a dangerous fucking predicament going into my fucking race. All shit I didn't plan, just for my fucking entertainment and going and supporting your fucking product. It, it's fucked, man. And, and it is what it is, man. So I, again, I don't really know what the, what the final outcome is gonna be. I'm not making any threats, I'm not making any promises either way. But shit isn't good and and the right thing has definitely not been done as of yet, man. Like I I don't know what's gonna go on. Um that's what it is. Um so shout out to the hot tag podcast. And another thing, um I I've been kicking around some ideas, um, as far as, you know, some some different things to do in the future too. Um, on a separate separate topic here. Well, you know, wrestling related to WWE related. Um, in July, I believe, because I may, I'm still not really sure. I I may very well take the rest of fucking June off as far as doing the show. Um, I I, I don't really have anything I plan on watching between now and the end of June any fucking way. Uh yeah I honestly don't even have any fucking wrestling shows planned in July to go to um, i I'm not really sure, so I may take a hiatus um in sometime in July, I want rewatching and reviewing all the c z w shows i've been to now this This concept would take me years. But, you know, I've been doing this fucking podcast for six years. So if I start it now and then I, you know, I keep fucking doing it, who knows? Maybe years later I I will have caught up. Maybe I fucking burn out on this and I I decide to stop doing it. Maybe I, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I get through fucking six months of it and I get bored of the fucking concept. And, I, you know, I bail on that. Who fucking knows? But anyway, the concept is, Going back and rewatching all the CZW that I had seen already and attended most of, minus a handful of shows, um, I started going in February of 2001, crushing the competition. Now, there's like one Delaware show before that, so I'll probably start at that show, so that way I just cover the entire year of 2001 rather than leaving that one out and then picking up one show later. I'll probably start with that. I'm gonna completely watch the show again and uh then I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna review and recap and, you know, give you know, kinda of a lot of these things I, I have some memories of attending. And then let me see how how does this show hold up and what's my opinions on on, on the things now, there was so much innovated. There were so many things that were created out of some of the stuff that CZW did back then. So many building blocks laid in, in order. And um, I, I think it could be very interesting. It's not going to be an every week thing. It's going to maybe like a show a month. So, you know, generally, like I'd be reviewing the CZW current show every month. You know, possibly, you know, still doing that. As long as I'm watching it, I'll review it. And um, then also having another week where I do an old school show. And, you know, try to chronologically go through, like I said, I'm like the worst at fucking keeping up on watching things. So this is just in theory. Hypothetically speaking, this is the plan. (laughs) Um, But I think it could be pretty interesting. You know, and then going back and seeing what holds up with my feelings on this or that. Then from now and you know, fuck, could be fun. So um, that's that's an uh, idea I'm kicking around and, and seeing what goes on. So I think if anything, I'll start up with doing that shit in July. Um, like I said, I got this big race this weekend. Um, I, you know, following that, I'll be getting the uh, the rest of my fucking forearm tattoo work done and avoiding fucking reckless revelers, and, uh, you know, unprofessionally ran fucking situations. Um, but yeah, I'll be getting that done. And I'll be also talking to my guy, obviously about, you know, when the other one heals, uh, you know, the cost of touching up and seeing where we go from there. And, uh, yeah, man. Like I said, I, I just don't know that, you know, next week I'm going to have a shitload. To, it, this isn't even like a hiatus because of what happened or any of that type of shit, but I may just be doing it because, like I said, I'm not planning on watching any fucking wrestling within the next week, and um, I just, just might not have a whole shitload to talk about. Um, you know, I mean, nothing's set in stone. I could do a show any fucking week. I'm paying for this fucking thing, so Who knows? Um, It is what it is. But uh, in the meantime, check out my fucking archives for sure, man. I got six years of fucking archives. We posted the guest list. If you go back, I've had fucking so many people. as a first-time podcast. The first podcast Matt Tremont was ever on was fucking Yakuza Kick Radio. Justice Payne I don't think has ever been on a fucking podcast except for mine. Um, Obviously, more recently, John Zandig. Probably the longest podcast he's ever done. Almost two hours with John Zandig on here. I, yeah, I had Sick Nick Mondo. I had fucking uh, Teddy Hart's crazy motherfucking ass doing his fucking thing on there. You know, uh, Messiah. Fantastic fucking Messiah interview. I was the first podcast that Ian Rodden went on after that fucking uh that ambush podcast that that fucking Jerry, the fucking worm dickhead fucking did where he had everybody on and fucking ambush the guy and, you know, just try to make his fucking name off of setting a guy up and then allowing a whole shitload of other people to fucking bury him. And Ian, you know, hung in there. But after that, he was never, ever going to do another fucking podcast ever, ever. Well, why the fuck would he after that shit? But, I had requested it, and, you know, he talked to a couple other people, and they all vouched for my name, Drake being one of them. Drake has been on the show as well. Um, And, um, you know, he gave me a shot and more or less said, you know, any bullshit, man, I'm hanging up, but, you know, I trust you because a lot of people have fucking vouched for you. And I did, like, fucking four hours with Ian Ron. You know what I mean? So, I mean, go back, check that out. I was, I think... I think the first podcast that Chris Hero was on following his WWE release, I had Zach Gowan on. Speaking of Zach Gowan, shout out to that dude doing the fucking American Ninja Warrior. You know what I mean? You can go back and check that shit out, man. I've had every member of the fucking Blackout on this show. You know what I mean? I mean, you go back, man. Billy Graham. Hours and hours with Billy Graham. Um. I mean, it, the list goes on and on, man. I could sit here and fucking read off for another, uh, you know, half hour. I'm not going to waste your time. But uh, I'll tell you what, man, um, it, it's worth a listen. Go back in the archives. Catch up, man. I'd I love to hear feedback on the old shit. I'd love to hear feedback on the show overall. If you have anything to say as a response to what I said today, fucking hit me up, man. I'd I love to hear it, discuss whatever is what it is, man. Um Check out my dudes over there at the Hot Tag Podcast as well. They continue to roll on. They do, like, a fucking movie show one day a week. They do another show on a Friday. They do the show on Wednesday. They fucking, before you know it, they're going to be, like, a a seven-day-a-week fucking podcast, man. Maybe, you know, overtime podcasting. Um, Listen to the sports den. They go over there, and they, they cover every fucking thing. All sorts of shit. I'm hoping LeBron and them get back on track and fucking smack these little, uh, Golden State Warriors, but uh, it doesn't look good. Uh, you know, LeBron and them got back at him, and he won that fucking game. But uh, I've yet to see Cleveland beat Golden State or really hang in with Golden State when Golden State is playing at their best. And that's that's what I worry about right now. We got to uh, Cleveland's got to go into this next game. And they gotta play the best Golden State Warrior team and beat that team. And if they can't do that, they're gonna have a really hard time winning seven. You know what I mean? So I mean we'll see what goes on here. It's uh it's gonna be a real tough road for them. They just don't seem to be lining up against those Warriors well, uh when Curry gets on fire and those dudes, man, they're they're fucking they're unstoppable. And um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I'm really pulling for Cleveland. I do not like the fucking Warriors. I do not like Steph Curry. But um they're very, very talented and uh would obviously have to say the favorites to win this motherfucker. So we'll see. And uh check out the sports den. They'll be covering that and everything else under the sun. Uh check out uh Quitter Nation, which is uh my boy Andrew carlux show over there. And uh you know it's Reviewing everything, talking everything Artie Lang, he's doing a show once a week Just like he did the Stern show He's doing an Artie wrap-up deal So, um That's what's up I'll check you motherfuckers out when I check you motherfuckers out Uh, you know, it could be Fucking next week, could be, you know, three weeks I don't fucking know Like I said, uh, holla at me And, uh, talk to you soon, peace We're all a bunch of fucking assholes You know why?
1: You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. I lie. Me, I don't have that part. Me, I always tell a thing. even when I lie. So a night to the bad guy. I'm gonna of the motherfucking breath. I ain't coming for no food,
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing?